Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DestralProds.com anime and manga podcast. As always, I'm dead. Joe, today we have Birdie. Hi. Yeah, just... Anime and manga. We are currently in a bit of a doldrum. Nothing new coming out, yeah. and stuff that is out. We have kind of talked to death. Yeah. But we're we're keeping going. Uh, at some point, you probably have to bring back Anime Club just to revitalize talking about anime and manga. Yeah. Get a third chair, maybe. Yep, working on it. But until then, we can still shit on Soma because that has been fucking weird. It its continued existence baffles me at this point. What baffles me is the way they are currently going because I've still been reading it. Yeah, me too. And like, fuck, dude. We knew we knew a bit essentially from like chapter two what the thesis of this fucking series is. Where like no matter how fucking good you are at cooking, until you learn to cook for someone else, your cooking's trash. Yeah. And and so this fucking book has been moving at a goddamned breakneck pace for the last couple chapters. Of just trying to drill that message back into the fucking story. Because because in the fucking... What is it? What fucking chapter are we on now? Jesus Christ. 300 something? Yeah. So for the last fucking 305 chapters, that has not mattered. Yeah. Nothing about the story. Nothing about the characters, nothing about anything except for that one fucking scene with fucking the Spice Boy has mattered a good goddamn about who you're cooking for. Yeah, like, when they showed his mom, I legit forgot he had a mom. I assumed he was just birthed from a cooking pot or something. Yeah, his dad just fucking tried to combine Akpa's leg with something and then Soma happened. But no, he has a mom who... It's shown as unceremoniously as possible, despite the fact that this is the first time we have seen her in 300 chapters. Like, his mom is supposedly an important character because it because because of her involvement with fucking his dad led to an entire story arc and main villain motivation in this story. But then, it's nothing. She is in there for five pages in a flashback to show that Soma has always valued cooking for people. What, what was her purpose in the fucking story again? Just showing that he had her? Maybe. I guess. Fucking God, dude. And it's so weird, because like, the couple chapters before this... Like, when it was just back to straight cook-off, it felt like Soma again. Like, the good Soma. For the most part, although I had a another one of those um, kind of exasperation moments with Soma when 
the way he beat Negasoma is that he knows the taste of failure. Yeah. To which I responded, not according to this story, he doesn't. Yeah, no, I had, like, I think I've talked about this on here with you, but yeah. I, I had, like, gone back over his entire fucking win-loss record, and his losses have meant nothing. Yeah. Like, thinking back on his losses, uh, he has had, from what I've been able to count, two and a half losses. The first half loss is the fucking Shokugeki against fucking Vegetable Boy in the basement. Which I only count as a half loss because it was technically not his fight, and since it was an unofficial thing, it was whatever for scoring. Despite the fact that he's like, grr, I lost, it amounted to nothing. With the with the exception of, like, it then made him have a relationship with fucking Vegetable Boy. We then get our first real loss in the goddamn, uh, in, like, the fucking autumn, autumn selection or autumn selection or whatever the fuck it was called. Against the Spice Boy, where he straight up lost. No... Ifs, ands, or buts, that guy won, he lost. Yeah. What did it do? Nothing. <laughs> exactly. It did not change his character. It did not change the way that he approached things. He stayed the exact same. And then his second real loss came when he fought the fucking first chair of the fucking school committee or whatever. It was like, hey, if you lose, you work for me. And he lost straight up to which his punishment was enough work for me. I'm just, I was just curious to see how it would go. Okay. Bye. And that amounted to dick all. Hell, I don't know if they ever had a rematch. Yeah. Which you'd think fucking food fight hungry. Soma would be haranguing him for until he left the school. Hell, even afterwards, just sent an email. I was like, yo, you want to fucking fight? I got this weird new dish with fucking, I don't know, barbecue sauce and a pineapple. <sighs> yeah, and now they're setting up something out of what, like, oh, despite the fact that Soma gave Aaron his mom something that she's still going to somehow be an antagonistic force or something. I don't know. I just kind of want this to stop. If I had to guess, it's going to be similar to what happened when Arena fucking tasted his food for the first time of, Hey, this is really fucking good, but I don't like him. So fuck you. Which will lead to nothing. Yeah. Or knowing, knowing bad, uh, hentai plots, both his mom and her wanting to fuck him. Yeah, probably. I mean, Aaron and her mom seem to argue about everything else. I might as well argue about who they get to fuck. Because <laughs> she's certainly not fucking her dad. <laughs> no, watch that, be, watch, watch that be the switch up. Get to the end. Soma ends up with Aaron's mom. Aaron ends up with Soma's dad. That would at least be a thing. Yeah, at least be memorable. Oh, fucking Christ. I keep harping on it because 
Fuck all of you. We I liked loved... it at one point. Pardon? We both liked it at one point. Well, no, I'm, I'm, harp- I'm harping on something else. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm harping on the fact that Haikyuu is so fucking good. Oh, okay. Because they showed how to handle loss in a story like this. Oh, that's what you mean. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like, they... Like, it is... It was built up over the entire series that while their fucking weirdo quick or whatever is really fucking good, it gets stale and people get used to it. And and it was always just kind of in the background of just, hey, they're getting faster. They're getting faster. And they catch it. And you get to the end of that fucking first season and they straight up lose. And then from there. The entire team changes. They grow. They take what they learn from that loss and apply it going forward and actually change up the entire way their team actually plays. Like, it wasn't just our fucking leads. Everyone did that. And having something that good, having a series, I am going to keep using Haikyuu essentially as my fucking as my fucking bar for sports-ish stories. Yeah. Because from what I have read and watched, there is nothing that good, there's nothing that compares to Haikyuu for me. And the way that they have handled essentially every part of the story has been in, has, has been handled in such a way that I haven't fucking seen it in other stories like this like like how many other fucking sports series will have them like all right so we're going for this big tournament and we lost not a lot yeah it, it is happens a, but not a lot yeah like it happens but not very often and having it be a having the story actually develop around that Having loss matter in a way that is more important than, oh no, we lost. Now the story is over. Like, Haikyuu has gotten to that point right now just because of, like, where they are. But there was still that initial thing where they lost, the team changed, and then it has continued to evolve from that change that that came because of the loss. And that is great to me. And so having something like fucking Soma, where in the 312 chapters, he has lost two and a half times. Despite the fact that he has fought how many fucking battles? All of which seem to be for the future of food. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this the last time we complained about this, that this writer has no way of controlling stakes. But I'm Tish. Yeah. Well, if you controlled stakes like Soma, he might be at least more interesting because it would either be good or weird. Yeah. But no, it's neither. Yeah. It is it is power creep at its It is it is a it's Not quite DBZ levels of power creep, but not, it's close. not quite DBZ, but it's still He had to fight food communism. 
Yeah. And then food he crime. Fight, he had to fight chainsaw food. Yeah, like there was a there was straight up, oh, we got a renegade group of dark chefs out in the world causing food crimes. Soma, it's up yeah. to you and your team of food cops to go break to go bust them. And they would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for that pesky Soma and his adoring fans. <laughs> I.e. all the other characters. Yeah. Uh, I could have become the hotel chain. I could have become the hotel king of Japan. Damn you, Megumi, and your fucking vegetables. <laughs> Didn't one of those motherfuckers try to cook his way into stealing a freighter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, again, it's it's the Yu-Gi-Oh problem of <clears throat> a dumb concept with limited scope you can't really use it outside of a certain set of circumstances without it just seeming ludicrous yeah what the fuck is that freighter gonna care about cooking he's a stand and that and that orangutan don't eat food god I, I would love it if one of these um these dark chefs challenged one of the joe stars to a cook-off and they just said fuck off <laughs> Yeah, just that fucker pulls their chainsaw that all of a sudden fucking Star Platinum just fingers it and it explodes. Just, I challenge you to a cook-off. Zoeldo, and then they just die. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, someone's fucking sucks. Yeah. yeah. We're going to harp on that. Until the series is over, and probably for a little bit after it. Yeah. <sighs> in the meantime, We Can't Study is pretty good. Oh, I didn't know you were reading it. I just started. Oh, okay. Yeah, after that last discussion, um, and hearing you talk about it a lot and then getting and seeing the, the review that you wrote up um I decided to give we can't study a second chance because if you'll remember back when it first came out uh I checked out the first chapter and was not super into it yeah mainly because I didn't really see the story in this going forward beyond shenanigans yeah and to be fair Kind of what it is. Yeah, there's still lots of shenanigans. But it is... There's a lot more character behind it than I thought there would be. And, like, the expanding roster of these characters and seeing how our lead boy does in these situations. Yeah, I've been really enjoying it. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, the thing that's really selling me on it is is the lead guy. I can't remember his name. Yeah, uh, Narayuki. Yeah, Narayuki. Um, yeah, just this. The, they, they call him it. In the, they call him it in the series, Jack of All Trades, Master of None. And it works really well with what he with what we know about his character and how he's built of just this just this all round very this all this all rounder guy who's kind of who's got enough knowledge to be good at most things, but not the best. And so having that paired up with the hyper-focused everyone else 
has been has been an interesting dynamic and seeing and seeing like them develop more as well-rounded people as opposed to just fucking dead set I am this and a and that that math one's that math one's adorable. Wait, which one? Uh, the math and science kid, the girl. Oh yeah, the the t- the, t- the the what do they call her Thumbelina. Yeah, the fucking Cause, science because even by the or standards of girls, she's apparently tiny. <laughs> yeah, and just all of her reaction shots have been just like a really pissed off hamster. Yeah. And yeah, she's just fucking adorable. And her dad is kind of creepy. Her dad's an anime dad. In that he is a dad who may or may not want to have sex with his daughter. Yeah. Who takes way too much creepy involvement with his daughter's love life. Yeah, just or uh, all lack, that. Or as he would prefer, lack thereof. Like, I don't know how much of it you've read, but one morning when... um. Uh, I can't remember what the specific reason was, but Naruyuki had to take uh, her home when she was sick, and he was in the bedroom until she fell asleep, and as he was about to leave, the dad walked in, and when she woke up the next morning, he was just defending himself against a meat cleaver. Yeah, sounds about right. Uh, I think I'm on, like, chapter 90. Okay, then you've probably seen it. Yeah. I, I will not dispute what you said, that the constant... um shenanigans can get tiring. I guess that's why I don't read more than a few chapters at once if I reread it. I have reread it, though, mainly just because I like most of these characters. And, like, of the main love interests, yeah, the Thumbelina one's probably my favorite, but of all the characters, the one I enjoy following the most is the is the teacher who's strict but a fuck-up. Yeah, she's she's fun. Uh, a person who, like, in terms of a character who actually just, like, like Thumbelina is, the Thumbelina lady, uh, girl is adorable, but the, my my favorite character, I guess, outside of our lead guy, would be the college kid. Oh, the, the one who makes him act like her, like her boyfriend? Yeah, I like how kind of she, I like how on it she is, because she fucking knows. She knows that all this shit is stupid. Yeah, no, she's she has a couple of dramatic moments later in the series, and you'll eventually get to those. But for the most part, she's just there, like, man, this is sh- man, this shit is stupid. Yeah, just I oh, fucking four coma. Okay, yeah, fuck these people, and then just and then just instigates. Yeah, and I I like that character. I like one who is aware enough of what's happening around them to go, this is stupid, but not so above it they aren't willing to just fucking dive in. Yeah. Well, because she's like, look, I don't like doing this. In fact, I hate doing this, but my dad won't leave me alone. So I I guess I've got to do this. <laughs> well, less that and more just where just like goes up, sees it, sees the like, like it's like, oh, the characters, oh, all the people are involved in this crazy misunderstanding. Whoops, the doodles. And then she rolls up, sees the situation instantly knows what the misunderstanding is and then worsens the misunderstanding. Yeah. Just to I mean, I was referring, I was referring more to the fact that she just feels the need to like her only kid, like as much as she enjoys fucking with 
Naruki and his main his main harem. She the only reason she keeps associating with them for the most part, aside from this, just that my dad thinks I my dad needs to think I have a boyfriend or he won't leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah, that too. Like that is a is a fully understandable motivation. <laughs> Based on based on anime dads, yeah, yeah, she's she's a lot of fun. Um, the athletic one, she is very annoying. Yeah, I like her in spurts, but she has this problem of like they kind of haven't given her any other speeds beyond I refuse to tell this guy I'm in love with him. And that's about it. <laughs> yeah, and th- now they're now and the author is dumb. now the author is pushing very hard for feel bad she has to leave. Yeah, which, which I don't really. Yeah, yeah you, you kind of can't. Like, like she is. Like, if this was a, if this was more of a like a. The only thing I'm really compared like brought draw comparison to because I'm fucking stupid. Uh, Disappearance of Nagato Yuki, if it was more of like a that relationship kind of thing, then it would be more of a sad thing about like, like, oh, hey, like you're, you're leaving, but there's this dude you're in love with and you haven't told him yet. Bitch, you are always on. Yeah. Like, like, like with Yuki, like if it was like a Yuki thing where it was, she was a withdrawn person, then that would be a bit more understandable because like being, being super withdrawn like that, it is more sympathetic for a reader, I guess. Well, because she's, um, because Nagato is, is introverted. It's a little bit more understandable that even if she understands the desperation of the situation, it's against her nature to just flat out say something. Yeah. Whereas everything else about this, about the character of the, I think her name's Takamoto. The sporty one is just, this is the one thing she shuts up about like nothing else. (laughs) Yeah, like everything else, she is at ten the entire time, and then, whoops, fucking claims up, which I understand to a point. Yeah, and that point is a point that we had passed long ago. Yeah, so most of, most of the other characters, they've kind of found ways to evolve them beyond their base elements. Like the one I'm kind of the least interested in is the the book is the the literature one, but even her, I kind of like her awareness of love comedy tropes and her insistence on trying to both compel the male protagonist to notice what he's supposed to notice while at the same time, not getting involved herself. Yeah. It's at least something. Yeah. Like I at least identify with her frustration. (laughs) hundred percent. And Thumbelina one has developed a bit more. Uh, she, yeah, she's no longer. I am a robot. I process emotions through word patterns. Yes, through her study of literature, she is learning to be human. And then Nariyuki is just—he's there, just a good foil. Yeah. Like the story's not. I mean. Okay, I was about to say the story's not technically about him, but they did give him motivation and some interesting dimension recently with his... Uh, I don't know, you probably have... You're close to this, I think. 
and I don't know if you care about spoilers for this series or not. It's not that plot heavy. It's just yeah, not really. um, basically Naruki figures out that um, because his whole motivation from start to finish, at least in terms of getting into this, was I want to go. I want to get this free ride to college because I'm dirt poor. Yeah, and he turns it down. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Why? Why? Because That's... Uh, the, the school that he was going to does not have an education program, and he figures out what he wants to do. So he decides that I'm going to turn down a free ride scholarship to a good university so that I can try to earn enough money to go to the university I want to get a program, at which point all three girls... Say that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's. <sighs> like yeah, follow your passion, but also fucking bitch. Not only has that been your entire character motivation, it's also just a really good fucking deal. I can't really speak to this because I live in Ontario where it's pretty easy to help repay fucking student shit, but fucking birdie over here. Yeah. I'm one of the lucky ones in terms of like my debts from a uh, higher level education. Most people in my position are far worse off. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, dude. I fucking college humor. They did a show like a, like a full series kind of thing where two of their staff members, well, two of the cast, Essentially did essentially did like fucking jackass challenges in order to win money to pay off their student loans. Yeah, I can believe that. Which total total them up together was about one hundred eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, and that sounds on the like it's on the low end, honestly. Yeah, they probably went to relatively cheap schools. Well, they went to acting school. Still relatively cheap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they they went they went to like non LA acting schools, dude. Yep. Fucking, I'm guessing the acting thing. I'm guessing like the acting program at the University of Poughkeepsie or whatever, but doesn't exactly fucking charge an arm and a leg, comparatively. It's still a it's still a you know an American university, so you still got to fork up one of your testicles and a child to be able to afford to go to one year fucking classes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I have been enjoying the series. It has been, it's one of those just like very light series that I, that I can just kind of like sit down and power through if I'm just, if I just like need to kill time or just kind of want to feel something other than apathy or hatred. <laughs> which also kind of describes a series I'm going to be talking about next, which is actually really weird considering the genre it's in. So, yeah, moving on. Uh, Dear Myself with Murderous Intent. This is a new series. Uh, it's about five chapters deep as at time of recording. And it, okay. and it is a murder mystery series that is way more anime than every other manga murder mystery series I've read. Okay, that usually means a bad thing in my experience. This, usually when 
a murder mystery is very anime. That usually means it's contrived and ridiculous. This one is not. When I say when I say okay. it's very anime, I mean again, comparatively. Because with a lot of these murder mystery series, what it is it it is a it is a tone with the artwork where they are trying to tell a very like like they they have they have like t- like anime-ish looking characters, but they've either stretched them out a bit so they have more realistic proportions, or they are so minimal in like in terms of features and stuff that they don't really look like anime characters anymore. And then when they go to emote or anything, it is all done in that same kind of very flat, more more grounded art style. So it all just feels it, they, they're they're going for a grittier attempt, I guess. I'm just like, hey, we're doing a story about we're doing a story about murder. Even if they do like this, even if they, even if they do shit where it's like, hey, if I go to sleep, I can drag people into dreams and kill them in dreams. Even if they do shit like that, they will still go for more of a flat look. With this, and especially with our main character, he reacts a bit more like an anime character. Like some okay, like like a like character wise, you know, fucking college virgin so you have an idea of character all right and and i was like oh hey a girl hey a girl's coming up i look down her shirt you see his eyes fucking like drift off to the drift off like in the opposite direction as he just has this big dumb smile on his face and the like massive fucking you know like the cross hatching to show uh i guess i guess it's just hatching it's just a hatching to show blushing and they do it it is done to a level that is not super out there of like where the fucking blood pouring out of his nose and more and more just hey this actually has personality behind it. Okay. And similar kind of things to that where it is just a bit more exaggerated expressions on our lead guy. Characters, um, the characters are a bit more expressive. Um, they look, they they look they look a lot more like traditional anime characters, but not but without losing the harder edge that is required in some of these scenes. Okay. Because main story thing is our lead guy. He is, Oh, I'm Virgil boy. I fucking suck. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, and, uh, yeah. So his life is kind of trash because it turns out he's the son of a serial killer. His dad, yeah, that'll, that, that, that'll suck. Yeah. His dad, um, on like one day or whatever, uh, well, not one day. Over the course of his, over the course of some part of his adulthood, he killed four women, bound them, tortured them, beat them, cut off their fingers, and shoved them into their mouths, and then left their dead bodies up in the mountains. When he, when the police were closing in on him, he set himself on fire. Then a couple of months later, uh, the kid's mom. Hanged herself, writing in writing in her own blood on the wall. I can't believe I gave birth to the son of a demon. Well, that's always fun. Yeah. And I, for, for uh, as a weird side, I don't know if you have you. I don't know if you have this on Netflix. Have you watched the Mantis? The Mantis, I have not. Okay, it's a French series, which is basically it's the plot of Silence of the Lambs. Except the cop who's interacting with the serial killer is the serial killer's son. And it's his mother he's talking to. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. 
But anyway, uh, so yeah, so he yeah, so this kid uh, goes out with goes out with his buddies to a mixer one night, and and it's like, and they do and they do like a, all right, so yeah, fucking you gotta play these games. If you fail, you gotta do a penalty. You know where the Japanese mixer, mm-hmm. and and then he and then he goes to bed, wakes up the next day, and finds a girl in his bed that wasn't there when he went to bed earlier. And well, she, I mean, we've all had that problem. Yeah, uh, they wake up and she says they're dating. Uh, at which point he, you know, heads out, goes to goes meets with his buddies and stuff, talk, hangs out, talking whatever. He finds out that he's lost three days worth of memory. Well, that's never good. Yeah. Went to bed on the 23rd, woke up on what he thought was the 24th. Nope, 27th. And so it's like, okay, what? And then it's about just him getting used to the fact that he has a girlfriend. Him dealing with, you know, his own, his own like anxieties about the fact that he lost three days of memory. And then also this weird fucking girl from one of his classes, she rolls up and is like, oh, hey, you're back to being you again, and then leaves. Despite the fact that they haven't had a conversation together at all. Fun. Yep. So then, skip ahead a bit. Uh, Someone gets murdered. Uh, This person is killed in a similar way to the previous killings done by main character's dad. So the cops are like, "Yeah, he did it. This is this is the kid. This the ki-. because this seems to have a very much of a this series seems to have a hard on for this idea that if you're if one of your parents is bad, then you are automatically bad." Yeah, no, it, that's not even just an anime thing. Like, the, no, it's not the but, serial killer, like crime thriller stuff. They love the whole um, what's the term? Uh, since the father Nature versus nurture. Oh yeah, that one. They love they love to use that as like a dramatic through line. Like they provide just enough evidence. Like maybe he is just like his parent, even though everything you've shown is like no, he seemed perfectly normal. And, but no, look at this grainy. Sh- look look at this look at this still frame from this grainy video we shot. His eyes look cold, but it's not because of the lighting. Fuck you. It's because he doesn't have a soul like his dad. Approved it. I'm going to harass this kid for fucking years. And then when he eventually kills someone, I'll be, go, I'll be going like, I was right. Fuck that guy. Vargle, Vargle. I'm a detective, even though I just run a podcast. Although, speaking of uh, running a podcast, I, uh, could Kojima really should have consulted you before he hired Guillermo del Toro to play Dead Man. Like, I... I mean... I'm not saying I have a. I'm not saying I have full claim to the name Dead Man, but just like an email, just like a fucking DM, <laughs> just something. Like it's cool you got Guillermo. I mean, yeah. we do kind of look similar. Just he's you know older and Mexican and talented, but my eyes fucking work. So take that. I don't gotta gotta I don't gotta fucking suction cup a baby to my chest to be able to see ghosts. Oh dear. <laughs> That's what that game's about, right? Uh, uh, honestly, it could be. 
It's Kojima. Who fucking knows? Yeah. Yeah, I... It's going to be a weird game to play. Yeah, like, if whenever... I guess it's going to be a few months before you get play it, but I kind of want to listen to the podcast you do after you do, because I've watched the trailer, and I'm like, Kojima, could you please just tell me what this is about? (laughs) Oh, fucking assuming I get get it. Fucking videos, dude. Full series playthrough. Which might be... uh, whole lot of episodes he goes god damn it kojima what is this about <laughs> yeah or me pretending i understand literature and writing to go like okay i think this means this you see i understand those things and even i'm like god damn it kojima <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually no never mind fuck that this ain't video games this is anime motherfucker we're talking about murders anyway yeah so so yeah, cops show up and are like, yo, kid, fucking know this girl? Dead girl. And he's like, yeah, i never seen her before. Uh, and they're like, funny, because you're her boyfriend. He's like, wait, what? Because just before this, had a conversation with that weird goth kid who was like, hey, normal you. Uh, her theory, he has disassociative identity disorder. And he has a secondary personality that is evil. Sure. Because he ends up finding like fucking 30 million, like 3 million yen or something in his fucking room along with a goddamn bloody and bent up baseball bat. Like he fucking got like he's fucking a little slugger or whatever. And apparently didn't check one of his pockets all day. Because after the interview with the cops, he fucking reaches into one of his pockets and pulls out a napkin with the girl, with the dead girl's ear in it. That was just in his that was just in his pocket all day, I guess. It also turns out that his other personality is joining a gang, and he is going along with it because he wants to figure out what the dick is happening. Yep. And I, 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 the main thing that kind of kept me going with this is the fact that it felt more manga and lighter than any other of these fucking murder mystery series I've read. Despite the fact that it's playing out and running at a similar pace as every other murder mystery series I've read. Which is a non-zero amount. All right. Yeah, it's it's it is not a very it's not a super compelling idea of oh hey I'm missing time it must be an alternate personality like I'd fucking seen that done a dozens of times. It is a fairly boring trope. And having and having it be through the lens of manga or anime or whatever is not enough for it to be fucking revitalized, in my eyes at least. So, yeah, I don't see myself going back to this. Also because it doesn't seem like a series that will run for super long. 
So no matter how far it goes, we're not going to get a satisfying conclusion at all. Like with a lot of these, a lot of these mystery series, I fucking need to. I need to stop myself from actually reading them until they have ended. Because with something, with something like this, five chapters in, all we have is setup. Like there has yet to be a definitive answer to anything, and it is kind of just, hey, this is what this this is what the this is what the premise is. Let's go. And so. And so, and so having this, so having this setup, having these beats get started, and then, and then having a non-zero percent chance of this just ending in like two months, it's hard to get invested in anything. Yeah. So we need to fucking wait for these books to be done before I try reading them. But other than that, it's mainly just been. A lot of isekai. Just like a lot. Like a lot, a lot. Yeah. But there's no wrong way to use healing magic. Yep. Which has been still really good. Yeah. Oh, man, I... I'm really liking how they're actually building the world in this. and Like, showing... Like up until now, it has largely been, it has actually exclusively been this one city in the kingdom and then demons. Nothing beyond that. And so now having it, and it's now having it, you know, spread out a bit and going to new places, seeing, seeing people not from where they are reacting to the rumors they've heard about the rescue squad. And just see, and just seeing our fucking, you're just seeing our fucking main guy because I cannot remember names today. Apparently, just seeing him like joke about something, and then they go, "Oh yeah, okay, that makes perfect sense." Yes, and he's like, "Wait, what? No, fuck." <laughs> That's just neat. Uh, I like seeing like seeing um, the different kind of ways people like people use magic. Uh, seeing. Seeing how this world reacts to like different kinds of people and different ways people use magic and stuff, and building up this idea of like building up the idea of seeing our lead guy grow to essentially be the next Rose, but without ever yeah, that's clearly what they're leading up to. That's why everything he's saying is normal. Is everyone else like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, hey, so I got this animal with me. Can he come in, can he come into the come into the grounds? It's like, that yeah, should be a problem. What is he? Oh, blue grizzly. Wait, what? And then it is like, I think it's my familiar. Nah, you're just buddies. Huh. Just this just And then seeing like the other heroes too and how like human they are. Mm-hmm. Like that has been that has been one of my favorite things about this is we get these heroes that it's like hey we got fucking main protagonist boy with fucking holy powers we got fucking second girl with her weird with like fucking lightning and awesome shit and just seeing them being built as people like having hero boy be super anxious about his actual position as a hero and just at one point just straight up saying 
I don't want to be in this war, and I'm going to back out. And only when fucking, and only when Usato, that's his fucking name, Usato, uh, when he goes, yeah, I'm going to be fighting. Well, I'm going to be, I'm going to be there helping. Does he actually get the fucking gumption to go out and do shit? And then with our fucking lady, just, she is, she was like, yeah, I'm fucking honor student, whatever. And just a massive nerd. Yeah. It's all been great. I, I'm still really loving this series. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then new Goblin Slayer. They are building up to Dark Elves. Yeah. Because I, because I read ahead in the wiki. Yeah. And, and uh, Goblin Slayer will meet them and say, why aren't you goblins? Yeah, essentially. Those roll he'll be like they'll be doing his plan or whatever. Like they'll be fucking like monologuing or whatever. And goblins will just be talking to the party like, okay, I think goblins are coming. Let's set up traps here, here, and here. You get your yeah, fucking bone warriors ready. Will rise and he said, I don't see any goblins. There can't be that much danger. <laughs> no, he goes like the guy goes to say God and then fucking like like says Godling or something. And it's like, what did you say, goblin? No, Godling. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> And just seeing, just seeing the dark elf get more and more exacerbated. Yeah. Then they kill him. Then the, then the fucking holy hero shows up and is like, "We're gonna save the oh shit, we're done. We're late. Fuck." <sighs> Despite all the shit I talk about various series that I read. There's still just a lot of good manga going right now. It's just I can't really talk about it week to week because A, a lot of these series don't release week to week, and B, that would get really stale. But yeah. So anyway, that's all I got. My dog apparently really hates this conversation. Yeah. Stop talking about Isekai, you nerds. Go back to sports manga. Yeah. Alright. I want to hear you talk about days. Well, um... At least on the anime side, I don't have to talk about any isekai shit. Mainly just because I talked, I watched old shit. <laughs> I was going through my Crunchyroll queue and looking at some other stuff. And I'm going to get the thing I have literally the least to say about, just other than... I don't know why it exists out of the way first. Eat man. What? Eat. Eat. E-A-T. Man. All one word? No, uh, with the hyphen. Okay. No, he's he's, he's not Joseph Eatman. <laughs> yeah, hi, I'm Jeremy Eatman. I'm here to do your health inspection. All right. Um, why does this exist? <laughs> uh... Because the manga ran for six years? I guess. Like... Like, you know how we're talking about... You were talking about investment and seeing where things go and trying to figure out based on early impressions if you want to keep following something or not? Yeah. This might be my new poster child for something being allergic to whether or not its audience cares. Nice. Because... We are introduced to Eat Man randomly as he's sweeping up a bar 
in the middle of nowhere when a woman with a sword and a giant bag on her back in a evening dress shows up to talk to some guy who wants her to kill someone for him. And he's sweeping as this is happening. Uh, the senator gets antsy and points a gun at him saying, get out of my face, at which point Eat Man eats the gun. As one would expect. And it's never commented on again or <laughs> even discussed. <laughs> Other than Eat Man saying, cheap piece of shit. Um, <laughs> there's a long conversation in a bedroom where hot chicken evening dress wants to fuck Mr. Eatman. He don't give no fucks. Which point the the bar owner slash hotel manager of the place they're staying in gets the mafia to kill the guy that was hiring them and them until Eatman just pukes up the gun he ate and uses it to kill all the mafia. Okay, I think I know why it's called Eat Man. Yeah. He's like Matter Eater Lad, but better. I was just going to say because he has no taste for food. <laughs> that too. Yeah. So he meets Soma, after, he eats Soma's dish, then barfs it back up perfectly. Yeah. So after he um, <sighs> kills all the mafia, he asks the other woman who's apparently a mercenary, because apparently mercenaries are evil, including him. Naturally. I, I don't know. Uh, for her bag, which hey, has a if rocket you, If you do violence for money, that means you're a badman. Not just oh, yeah, an eatman, a bad eatman. That seems to be the operating philosophy of this world. Um, there is a rocket launcher in her bag. So he just takes it outside, gets in a car, and drives towards these random planes of glass built out in the middle of the, of the desert, which he then blows up. Nat- nat- I don't know, man. He then proceeds to walk through them, and we see a destroyed battleship floating in the sky. Yeah, I don't know if it's due to your lack of interest or the series not being super interesting. I have no interest. Kind of both. I'm kind of just... Like, your state of mind is probably my state of mind as I was attempting to watch it. My state of mind... like, even by anime episode standards, this was short. It was only, like, 20 minutes, including credits. Oh, wow. And even I was like, wow, I will never watch this again. Yeah, I'm... I did just fucking Google image search. I got a fuck, I got a gif of him eating the gun. Yeah. And how... This is going to sound weird. This looks like someone's first anime. I can believe it. Like I don't mean in, I don't mean in terms of, like production. I mean it looks like something that someone would watch as the first anime they ever watched. Yeah, like if someone would want to know what is this anime thing I'm hearing about. Yeah, are they just like flipping through the channels one day and they just see Eatman come on and they go, "Yeah, might as well. I got nothing better doing." Like it's yeah. like it's it is it looks like a kind of series that you would either get this or Inuyasha. Yeah, 
And as much as I don't want to admit it, I guess I'd, I'd actually stay and watch at least an episode of Inuyasha. I wouldn't watch this to its end. I'd be too bored. <laughs> yeah, fuck. And there's a... When it looks like when the thing got fucking reprinted, they gave it a... They gave it a mid-90s Jim Lee cover. Yeah, which isn't the worst thing in the world because Comixology finally started listing uh, issues of 90s um, uh, Gen 13 again, so I might finally get the whole series. Ugh. It's been too long. Yeah, and then... Yeah, just randomly in here, a fucking... A uh, a band camp page for a Australian band called Eat Man. Sure, whatever. Oops. For some reason, this twelve episode series that seems to give no fucks as it came out had two sequels. Oh, I don't care. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> Moving on, please. Yeah. So moving on to something I care more about, but I'm more just kind of. Annoyed with. Oh, good. It's going to be those kind of nights. (laughs) Okay. So, this was another one of my. You you mentioned first anime type thing. This was one of my early anime watches. I watched this at like. When I was like 13. Okay. When I was. Like, I had watched before this, like, Roroni Kenshin and Yu Yu Hakusho and maybe a couple of episodes of either Bleach or. Naruto or One Piece before I watched this, I think. Yeah, some staples. Yeah. And the reason this came back into my mind is it got a re-release on Blu-ray from one of the big studios. I can't remember. I don't think it's Funimation. I think Funimation only does old new stuff, not old shit, unless it's stuff they had old licenses to. Um, okay. But Speaking of uh, that, have you... Do you see the shit that happened with Jamie Archie? Wait, say that again? Did you see the shit that happened with Jamie Marchie? Uh, are we referring to when she anime filed numbers. suit against um, Vic Manana? Uh, related, but no. Uh, it, was at, it was at a panel at Anime North. Uh, she... I, I don't I don't remember the exact context. Like, every, I, like, I only remember that everyone defended Vic Mignana over her when he claimed when she claimed he sexually harassed her and was supported by multiple other women at Funimation, which is why his contract was terminated. Yeah. Um, which I'm not super happy about because I still want to enjoy Ed Elric, but. <laughs> yeah, so um, I believe the context of it is. Someone asked her a question at an Anime North panel. Okay. About Vic. Oh. And then she just talked down at him and belittled him. I think she called him a thought. And then got him like and he like got him to leave crying. And she tweeted about it. Yeah, I'd have to look up the full context to know what that means, but I mean, the woman's been getting a lot of shit on her social media because she came out about Vic's alleged abuses. So I can't I can't really blame her for biting off 
we're snapping at someone who probably asked what was meant to be an innocent question, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't so, know the context, so, the f- so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be like the internet and spring to either side of this. Yeah, like I don't have full context either, but it's just the thing. The thing that kind of put it on the radar was this tweet as a follow up to it. Uh, where she said that feeling when someone travels hundreds of miles to try and call you out in public, I want to get their ass handed to them, laughed out of the room, and kicked out of the con. I think I find out it was your birthday. Hashtag Tee Thoughts. And that's thoughts, T-H-O-T-S. Like, again, I was not in the room. I don't know if the guy actually was just trying to shit talk her for this. Because, like, I know that's happened sometimes oh, yeah, related totally. to this. But I, 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 haven't, I haven't been able to find, like, full context, but... It's weird. Like, conflicted reports, some people say that it was, it was like, yeah, good for you. Others are like, yo, that dude had, like, was in asking an innocent question and has mental health issues. So, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, even the mental health issues thing, I'm not thinking it's always an excuse because um, as, someone, as someone who's getting into the teaching profession, I'm trying to avoid schools that, because there's uh, one of the big school pro systems around here kind of has a lawsuit situation where one of the teachers sued the school system for not defending her when a mentally disabled student sexually assaulted her in class. When, her, when his, um, when his, uh, for lack of a better term, um, assistant was not in the room. I don't know if it's a right situation that when I'm, did not mean to go down this path when I brought this up. Yeah. I should learn I should learn when to not bring things up. Yeah. Yay me. No. I don't know what the situation is. She was the only good part of my first girlfriend as a gal. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm still willing to defend her because of the shit that's apparently come out about Vic Mignogna, which I'm still, again, I'm still not happy about, but... I have not I, been tracking I, that story. Yeah. But either way, um, so this anime, Blue Seed... Um, was a very early. I don't. Do you remember ADV? Um, no. Okay. Um, uh, the t- there were three big um anime producers in the West in the mid to late nineties: Funimation, Ocean Studios, who are main who mainly still exist because they got the rights to Naruto and Dragon Ball. <laughs> And um, ADV Films, which is I can't I think is also out of San Antonio, Texas, but I don't know for certain. Uh, ADV is out of Houston. It's Houston, okay. But Uh, well, sorry, they they were out of Houston before they went defunct in two thousand nine. Yeah, that's what I'd say. Like of the three that I just mentioned, they're the one that doesn't exist. (laughs) Their their products are now split between either Funimation bought some of their old licenses or they ended up with Sentai Filmworks, which I think is the remnants of the ADV people. Yeah, so so according to the internet, uh, their titles have been relicensed by Funimation, Aniplex, Sentai, Media Blasters, Discotech, Nozomi Entertainment, Made in Japan, Viz, NIS America, and Ponycan. Yeah, so it just means like whatever whatever they had the rights to have just been split up amongst different groups is... Yes. Was mainly my point. So anyway, but the main reason anyone knew who ADV was was because they were the ones who dubbed Evangelion in the West. Was uh, was the main point I was getting to with Oh, that. fuck. Yeah, that Okay, yeah. I remember that. Now actually. Yeah. 
But, um, so this is anime was one of their earlier dubs and it's not great. It's kind of cringy and awkward, not helped by the fact that it's got one of those, it's one of those action series where the female protagonist is a moron. Yay. Which is a shame because this is a production ID, because this is a production IG joint. I thought it was production AIG. Um, nope, production IG and Ashi. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's probably why it still looks okay, even if it's got some dated elements. Like, I know how you feel about CG, and the opening credit sequence has like borderline Beast Wars CG. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I guess I should explain what it is for whatever that's worth. So, um, I don't know how well you remember your Japanese mythology, but uh, the Yamata no Orochi is a thing. Yes, I know that. He is the bad guy in Naruto. Yeah, so he, Yamata no Orochi is an eight-headed serpent dragon in Japanese mythology that was slain by one of the two founding gods of Japanese myth, Suzano Wo. Oh, yeah, he's the bad uh, guy in fucking Okami. Yeah, he's also the bad guy in this. I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah. If you're, uh, so, if the deities of your country involve an eight-headed snake being, might as well fight it. Yeah. As opposed to ours, but, uh, which is just fucking old man. Yeah. But, uh, so the, they explain the myth briefly where uh, Suzano agreed to fight and kill the Yamato no Orochi in exchange for the daughter of the clan who was about to be sacrificed to the dragon becoming his bride. And they and the daughters of that clan, the Kushinadas, have continued to exist through time and space, and you know where this is going. <laughs> yep. The Our main character, who is a particularly annoying kind of dumb... Uh, is the last remaining heir to the Kushinata line since her unknown twin sister died when tentacle plants ate her. Okay. Yeah. Because that's the main thing that uh, Suzano O enacts his will on Japan in this modern context by creating evil plants. Woo! That'll show him. Which... Which actually pulls a uh, like a full on Looney, almost Looney Tunes bit, where they have a plant root um, knock on a window, and someone comes to see who's there. At which point, they get stabbed and torn apart. <laughs> oh. fuck! Did you ever did you ever read that Jinji Ito story about the head balloons? No. Yeah, there's a there's a story by Junji Ito where an actress kills herself, and then some people report seeing her head, like a, like her ghost or whatever, floating around. And then all of a sudden, one day, a bunch of heads that looked like people began floating down from the sky, finding the people whose heads they looked like, and then growing nooses out of the bottom of their heads, grabbing them and pulling them into the sky like balloons. Okay. You know, Jinji Ito. Yeah. 
And one of the bits in that is like, it's like, like the heads are like fucking like everybody's inside now. They they're freezing to go outside because if they go outside, their heads will find them and kill them. If you try to blow up the heads, then your head, then your real head deflates. And yeah, her main character is like standing in the room, like terrified. She hears her boyfriend's like, "Hey, girl, open up! Hey, all the heads are gone. It's fine." She opens up the window, and there is her boyfriend's head balloon with the boyfriend in it. And she's just like, hey, "I got you, bitch." Yeah. Sure. Just very similar vibe. Yeah. Of just uh, this creeping horror brought about by the gods of some unknown power. Yeah. Knock, knock. Who's there? Death. Yeah. So that's not helping the situation. (laughs) Uh, And it's been a while since I watched the whole thing, but based on the first episode, I think her main love interest is a guy who wants to kill her because he's got... So remember Parasite the Maxim? Yep. He's got kind of a similar situation where he's got some one of these things embedded in his body and it allows him to create like plant blades out of his arms and legs but it he the longer he has this thing in his body the cl- longer he the closer he is to death. So he kind of has a vested interest in killing the princess. This sounds a lot like Sailor Moon but like darker. Yeah, I mean, it's from that same era. It's like 95, 96 from the looks of things. Uh, I will admit that the one good thing I was happy about, despite the, like I said, Beast Wars level CG opening, was uh, I missed the, like, weirdly, like, 70s funk music that showed up in a lot of, like, cheap, lazy 90s anime, where it seemed like that was just the style of the time, and I prefer that to all the happy-go-lucky little girls singing J-pop songs that tends to be most openings now. Yeah. Well, that's mainly just a stylistic thing. Yeah, actually, that's... The reason I chose the music that I did for this podcast is because it sounded kind of like one of those J-pop songs. Yeah. And so now I'm thinking I should go back and find like a good like jazz number. Yeah. But, I mean, like, the series is not bad. It's just, it's got, like it said, like, the main character, the main female character is annoying. It's got a kind of dated story that's simultaneously too complicated and too simple. Um, there's kind of a proto-Revy in the, uh, whatchamacallit, in the government organization that fights against these evil plant monsters and that she walks around all day with her pink jumps her her pink overall jumpsuit with headband and a glock oh oh okay yeah i was gonna make a joke it's a bit too early for it to actually be a joke though yeah whatever it it, it's fine like yeah it sounds there are parts of it it sounds like it's fine yeah, it, there are parts of it that annoy me, but it's just because of the staples of the genre at the time. If you want to watch it, it's all on Crunchyroll, dub and sub, so have at it. <laughs> all right, then. All right. So moving on to another thing that is perfectly fine. 
Hero Man. Right, yeah, this. Yeah. Uh, the most American hero. anime. Um, um, American. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because <laughs> even though Stan Lee is involved and he has a cameo in the first episode, this is a very, like, Japanese... Like, I mean, Spin at the Stage commented on this when he was reviewing anime when he talked about, uh, I think it was Eden of the East, where he said... If you believe if you believe Eden of the East, everyone in DC in Washington DC are uh, Washington Nationals fans, not Yankees fans. What? <laughs> yep, uh, fucking Hero Man is as American as All Might. Yeah, and it's one of the, it's like it gets certain things right, but then they're just kept seeing things like like the, what's weird is the most believable thing because this is supposedly set somewhere in su- in Southern California in the US and the most believable thing that happens related to that is that the main character goes oh it's raining that's rare which yeah yeah it is (laughs) doesn't rain much in SoCal it does not (laughs) but uh, from what I heard it is a real problem uh, I mean the only other joke they could that kind of made sense was all the traffic going into town was backed up for hours, which is true. That's which, which is why I didn't believe that this kid who apparently comes from a poor background can afford to go to a good high school within walking distance. Yeah, no. <laughs> Where he makes a, a, a modest living as a cafe uh, as a cafe sweeper. With 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 his uh, humble uh, but well-meaning black man boss, <laughs> and his mom, who his grandma, because of course his parents are dead. Naturally, uh, I mean, how can you be a superhero if you to, have living parents? Who who listens to seventies cock rock albums from a band called Roswell? Naturally, I mean aliens. Yeah, and I, I guess I should mention the aliens. Um, so our. Our main character, Joey Jones, is friends with a kooky professor named Professor Denton, who apparently on a lark just used a satellite to say, aliens, are you out there? Aliens, please contact us. Aliens, are you out there? And you just started broadcasting a bunch of Tom DeLong songs. Yeah. At which point... Uh, and say, oh, we found mildly intelligent, but not really life forms. At which point their boss says, okay, let's conquer them. Naturally. Yeah. So, um, I guess I have to explain the hero man thing. So, our main character, for reasons I'm not clear on, is apparently hated by the girl who has a crush on him's brother... For having a quote-unquote bad reputation. Which is one of those like vague catch-all statements that I have no idea what it's referring to. <laughs> oh, his parents are dead. Uh. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he's poor. Maybe his parents are dead. Maybe he's too anime. I don't know. What's up? You look a little, uh, you look a little bitch. Yeah. yeah and, the, and of course the other thing... Aside from characters who are just, like, background characters, whenever I see American characters in anime, they always look like Pokemon characters with, like, 
even if they have normal hair, normal hair colors, it's always in absurd styles. Like his best friend, who is uh, crippled, has hair just like Ty from Digimon, except even bigger. Yeah, fuck. It's been it's been a bit since I've actually watched Hero Man. But fucking yeah, he looks like he looks the goddamn psychic from Dong and Rampa. Yeah, and their teacher has like half curls, half like circle rolls. And I'm just like, okay, what? And the the crush's brother has a pompadour that cuts back into like a shark's fin. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. Yeah, anime. you know, America. Yeah. Yeah. Where I see you, every Japan. 30, yeah. You ain't fooling me. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the hero man. So there's this robot toy that uh, the, the main character is watching, uh, sees on TV, is like three hundred fifty dollars. I was like, okay, yeah, that seemed. And uh, a a a rich snooty douchebag who's friends with the uh, crush's brother is playing with one when in a fight over who gets to control the robot, they send it out into the street where it gets run over by a car. At which point the uh, the rich douche looks at it for a second and throws it in the garbage saying, I don't want it anymore. At which point the kid's like, okay, I'll take, I'll take it out of the garbage. And yeah. then he finds all the pieces and rebuilds it. I'll take your at trash. Which point, yeah. At which point alien lightning, uh, strikes conveniently just through his open window. Yeah. It's the same lightning they made the flash. Stri- yeah. Strikes the robot, uh, and creates a power glove for him. Johnny it's Five so is alive, motherfuckers. Yeah, and he, he, he presses buttons to bring it to life. And Okay, so of the character of the main characters I've read in or watched in series for tonight, this character's maybe the least dumb, but it kinda takes him a while to figure out, okay, the robot doesn't talk. Uh whenever I press a button on this command thing, the robot does something. Maybe I should stop trying to tell it to do stuff and just press the buttons. Well, isn't it after like, isn't it after a while he just yells things and he just does it anyway? Maybe I mean I've only watched an episode or two. I don't know if that changes over time. Like I I can't again. It's been a bit, but I think it's, I think like near the end it got to the point where like they're just kind of running around and he's just yelling, "Hey, do this, do do that," and then they'll show me hit one button and the guy will do all that shit. Yeah, maybe I mean the opening. Credit sequence kind of suggests that that's eventually going to happen when he's fighting ultra giant space cockroaches, but uh, because of course the, the aliens are cockroaches. Naturally, yeah, uh, it's it's fine. I mean, I I like. I mean, it's it's bones, so it's going to look good, and it's still going to look good. And speaking of outdated. Um, <laughs> Musical soundtracks, whereas uh, Blue Seed was very mid-90s, like, funky Jap- Japanese rock. Uh, remember how you and I were just making fun of the constant Bowling for Soup soundtrack from uh, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! GX? Yep, Generation X. Yeah. 
that's kind of what I kept thinking of the whole time I was listening to it. It's not quite the same because it's clearly orchestrated and not just one track that they bought and played over and over again. <laughs> but it's what it reminds me of. Yeah, that's probably fair. Again, yeah. it's been a minute. Yeah. And again, there's nothing wrong with the series as far as I can tell. It's perfectly fine. It's well animated. The characters are fine. I assume it'll, they'll, it's a, even the worst Bone series at least have decent character development. They usually just have batshit weird stories. Yeah, whereas... And also, the, yeah. the only thing that kept standing out to me as I was watching uh, the Hero Man robot and they kept showing close-ups of its face is that I wonder if um, Studio Trigger watched this when they were designing the robots for Darling and the Franks. Yeah, yeah, it's a real Zero Two face. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to see that even in other, that even in other countries, Stan Lee can give a basic li- basic outline for a character, and then be credited as the writer. Yay, jokes! Stan Lee's great. Was great. Yeah. No, no, nothing against Stan Lee, and he has a speaking cameo in this, which is funny. <laughs> oh God! It's Fucking fine. Stan. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, it's if I had to give it a rating on your rating scale, it'd probably be a three point five. Yeah, that's it's fine. That's totally fair. Like it's it's just it's. Everything about it is quite competent and mildly interesting, but that's about it. That's. I feel like I've already run out of things to say about it, unless I watch the whole thing, which I might if I'm bored. But it, it's not hooking me currently. Darn then. Yeah. So anything else? But um, yeah. So, but speaking of things that are ripoffs of American things. The Outer Zone is a manga from 1997 that is, I don't know if it's just blatant homage or blatant ripoff that it just flat out in its description admits, hey, we, we made our title by combining Outer Limits and Twilight Zone. Sure. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna. Yeah. Might as well and go for broke. Sci- I mean, it's a sci-fi fantasy anthology series. Pretty good horror shit so far. I've only read a couple of chapters. Uh, the first chapter, uh, I am only kind of enjoyed because I'm always a sucker for when a religious person who acts evil discovers they're evil and it fucks them. <laughs> yeah. Where a mom who is a Jesus freak... Uh, abuses the shit out of her son whose father supposedly died when he fell down the stairs while drunk. Spoilers, that's not what happened. (laughs) Oh my god. I wonder if he got killed by a ghost. Yeah. Or Um, some space shit. No, the mom killed him. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I mean, mine's more interesting, but okay, I guess. Yeah. So, um, the mom goes around preaching the word of Jesus to their neighbors and annoying the shit out of them because she's one of those Jesus freaks who refuses to take no for an answer. Hey, Jeebus. 
and the neighbors only like the son because the son seems like a perfectly nice boy who likes drawing and has a pet bird who the mom decapitates. <laughs> Jesus. And then she has a dream where the uh, female Rod Serling demon uh, host of the series uh, c- comes to her in her dream and says, do you, do you seek to banish Satan from your world? And hands her this obvi- this weird-looking demonic toy saying, if you wish to do- get rid of Satan, then I hold this above your head and say, Satan, be gone. So she wakes up the next morning and finds the thing and says, God did contact me. God really does want me to get rid of Satan. At which point she pulls a cleaver on her son. God wants to save me. God's a fucking twink. Yeah. Because look at so, the picture of this person who yeah. whose name is apparently Misery Stalker. Yeah, that's what she calls herself. Yeah, f- this... I'm looking at the cover of Volume 1. Mm-hmm. And the things that stick out to me are, one, this does not look like any kind of Outer Limits Twilight Zone thing. Because it's just Misery Stalker, but looks like they're from a fucking shojo series. Yeah. And two, this was in fucking Jump. Yeah. Jump was weird in the 90s. I think Jump is just weird. Yeah. There are points where it's weirder than others. Yeah. We are currently in the middle of one of those weird periods. Yeah. I mean, probably in like fucking five years, it's going to be going to be, hey, we got fucking 19 different battle manga and they're all basically the same. Mm hmm. Yeah, but fuck so this. Have, this does so, not. This does not compute. Yeah, no, I understand. It honestly looks like a Photoshop job. No, I understand. It it looks cheap, and it. I'm surprised that every chapter in this shonen manga is sixty plus pages. Sorry, how many pages? 60. Fucking dude. Yeah. Okay, then. What? Yeah. Who the fuck was this? Was this? Was this? Who the fuck was this author sucking off to get 60 pages a week? And to go on for quite a while, since at at time of the number of chapters I know that are out, there are eighty seven. Uh, yeah, this is the, uh, according to fucking my anime list. Uh, mm-hmm. The series ran for three years, March ninety one to March ninety four, fifteen volumes, total one hundred and seventeen chapters, and then they got a sequel series. Uh huh. That ran, from the looks of things, significantly less because yeah. my because my anime list doesn't even list when it ended. All right, can you hear me again? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, back we're sorry about the, that. Yeah, the coup de gras moment being uh, when the mom says, "Satan, be gone." And as a result, uh, her 
a demon erupts out of her own skin and she explodes. Nice. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that. So again, man, you have bad delays. Uh, I mean, I read a little of the. I read the second chapter, and yeah, sticking to the anthology idea, it is completely nothing like the first because it's a story about uh, a a guy using a shrunken head for gambling. Uh, and how the thing is cursed and eventually the shrunken head will turn on its user and get them screwed over to where they want to commit suicide. Which is, you know, typical story like this. The weird part's the twist where, um, so the first thing we see in the chapter is someone committing suicide when the head has screwed them over. And when we get to the end of the chapter, uh, the head expects his new owner has also been screwed over. But the when on one key suggestion that he's bet all of his money on, the guy does the opposite of what the head suggests and wins instead. And when the head's like, "Why the fuck did you do that?" It's like, "Oh, I read my dad's will. He explained what the fuck you were." <laughs> like my dad wrote a suicide note, and he explained that what you were and what you probably did, and to be on the lookout for you, so I could fuck you up, fuck you up when I find you. But first, you're going to make me rich. Yeah, okay. That works. Yeah, like, you don't really expect a happy ending with a cursed greed story. Yeah, no, like, some monkey's paw shit doesn't usually end well. (laughs) You don't expect, like, the last thing to be, like... You don't expect the last wish of a fucking monkey's paw story to somehow magically erase the monkey's paw, but not the wishes it granted. Yep. Or for the wishes to be good. Yep. But I guess that's why monkey's paws don't have personalities. Yep. Like, it's easy to fuck over a thing. Like, it's, e- like, it's hard to fuck oh. over a thing, like a cursed thing. It's easier to fuck over a cursed thing with a personality. Yep. Like, does like does the... Does, like, the thing, like, have a personality? Or is it... Oh, yeah, it talks. Talks like a shitbag. Okay, so the voice in my head that I was giving it is appropriate. Yeah. Just, hey, how's it going? Then you fucking shrunken head. We're going to get you fucking rich. Bet on black. You always bet on black. You give me a cigar. Yeah, basically. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I now so, have yeah, an image um, in my head. But yeah, this one was just such a weird out of the blue. Wait, what the hell? Discovery. That I was like, oh, and Dead Man likes anthology shit. He might find this at least an intriguing side note. Yeah, so what was it? The Twilight Limits? The Outer Zone. (laughs) (laughs) You're about to enter. Copyright infringement. Yeah. You're about to enter. Trademark. Yes. I look forward to this never being released ever again because CBS now controls... Twilight Zone. Uh, Have you seen any of the like, Jordan Peele Twilight Zone? No, just clips. Like, I've seen a little bit of the the comedian one, and that didn't look particularly interesting to me, but... Yeah, like, the comedian didn't sound like that great a concept, and then the other episode that I heard about 
removed all faith in the series to me because they're just remaking what was already been made. Oh, they're remaking another famous episode? Nightmare at 30,000 Feet. Oh, oh no, don't do that. But with Adam Scott? Don't, don't do that. Like, it already wasn't a great idea when the movie did it. But, like... I, Isn't the whole point of a good anthology series to const- is to constantly come up with original new ideas? Yeah, like that's well, e- even if not original, just like stuff that hasn't been done yet. Like fucking the Twilight Zone, they did adaptations. Yeah, but the way that they did them was kind of building off of them. Like I in 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 fucking high school English, we actually did a reading of a story that was based that was the basis for a Twilight Zone episode. Uh it was the one where uh the guy was like I can't it it's so like a guy went to went to a doctor and was like, hey, there's this girl I'm into. And she is she like, oh she's great, she has this, this, that, but I just can't get her to notice me. And so then the guy's like the guy's like, yeah, okay, so hey, here's a love potion. In the story, it was a lot more vague about what they were doing with it, and it was much more of a, it was much more of like a, all right, so I have two potions. This is the one you're taking now, and this is the one you'll take, this is the one you'll take when you come back. Because, shockingly, there's a twist with this potion. Sure. Yes, it makes them love you, but it removes anything else that was in there. It also turns them into grasshoppers. And so with the Twilight Zone, they showed that in vivid detail. Yeah. Yeah. Until eventually yeah, they had in, to in the, in the Twilight Zone, they showed that in vivid detail. In the story, it was... Yeah. Yeah, so, it, yeah, so in, the, in the show, they showed that in full detail, like getting, like showing what the effect of the potion was. In the story, it was left a lot more vague and a lot more ominous. But still, it was... That story had not been adapted, so the Twilight Zone did it. And I don't know if, like, the 80s or the 2000s era Twilight Zones, uh, like, redid bits from the original Twilight Zone, but I'm pretty sure they didn't do the most, one of the most fucking recognizable Twilight Zone episodes. Like that is who? What suit? What cocaine encrusted executive said, "Hey, you know it's a good idea. Let's remake th- one of the Twilight Zone episodes." Yeah, probably someone who said, "I saw something on the wing of the plane." Yes, I saw something at the window. Some thing. It's like, yeah, we get it. Your Shatner sucks, and that's fucking Dennis. He cleans the windows. And then as they're looking away, oh, yeah. you just hear, hey, Jordan, make me a Twilight Zone episode based on this. But they already did that. Yeah. Fuck you. We're CBS, motherfucker. If any, we do anything original, we kill it. Yeah. Remember what happened when uh, the Nolans came to us? We somehow managed to allow a person of interest to survive for five years, and then we killed it. We killed it good. Yeah. Fuck that shit. You want us to do? You want us to do to you what we did to fucking Star Trek? You're about to discover my foot in your ass if you don't make this fucking show. Don't make us Kurtzman, you. 
you want you want to ever see Key again? Make the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, after after several perfectly fine or not terribly interesting anime, I was happy to have at least an interesting concept for a manga to talk about. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's it for me. All right then. <sighs> that's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back. At some point, more of this shit. <clears throat> Fuck, until then, I'm dead. I'm Birdie. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>